Hello, everybody, and welcome into the newly named Owls Lounge presented by WHIP Radio, Philly's number one college radio station. I am Mike Singroni. Today, I am joined by a dear friend, Dante Colinelli from the Temple News. You might have not heard the name the Owls Lounge before. Well, because our first podcast that we did record back in April, we kind of didn't have a name. So now we officially have our name, and this is the second installment of the Owls Lounge, but we are a newly started podcast uh, from WHIP Radio covering Temple football and basketball in depth. And today, uh, Temple football just wrapped up its media day earlier. Coach Carey and multiple Temple football players were made available to the media. And joined with me is Dante Colinelli. want to bring him in. Dante, how you doing? I'm doing great. This was my uh, first Temple media day, and uh, it was a really good experience. Got a lot of interesting quotes and uh, things to talk about for the upcoming season. So a little catchy thing, since this is the Owls Lounge, you are technically the VIP to the lounge. Oh boy. I'm bringing you in. You outside <laughs> w, uh, WHIP, currently the sports editor at the at the Temple News, one of the three sports editors over there. So yep. make sure to follow his content as well because they're going to be producing some cool stuff. But yeah. since we're here, let's just get right into it. Let's we had it. media day. We had 20 minutes of Coach Carey. We have summer practice right around the corner starting yes. tomorrow, Can't wait. August 2nd. Just, I guess, real quick, what was your main takeaway or a couple of your main points that you took away from I think the biggest thing was from Coach Carey. He talked about an open competition in almost every position, and that included the linebacking spot, which is by far, I think, the strongest unit on this team. He even talked about how Chappelle and Sean don't have guaranteed reps on this team, that they'll have to earn them with the likes of Sam Franklin and Isaiah Graham Mobley breathing down their neck in practice. Yeah, it's, the linebacker position is always interesting, and open competition in a lot of places. Collins was big around that last year, especially in the summer. You know, everybody's competing. Apparently, one point last summer, Temple had seven uh, defensive backs that could start anywhere in Division One. So the, the competition is, 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 always, is always something that's highlighted at Temple. But bringing it up with the linebackers, it, it is really interesting because you have Sean Bradley, Chappelle Russell, who I would say are – Un, your undebated one and two linebackers, I would and definitely. they are very, very good. Both are capable of leading the team yes. in tackles year in and year out. So the little competition aspect just comes from the – I, I kind of don't want to use uh, Coach Collins' term, but uh, elite depth in a sense because right. you do have a Sam Franklin and Isaiah Graham Mobley behind those two, but I think it will be interesting to see how they use them, and I, and I know you're really interested to see how they use them as yeah. well. Well, I think it will be interesting too is um, – they brought in the NIU defensive coordinator on Kerry's staff, and he typically runs the 4-3 coming from NIU, so we should see three linebackers on the field at all times. So I'm really interested to see who's going to be that third linebacker, right? Because we mm-hmm. assume it'll be Chappelle and Sean. Who's going to be that next guy? Is it going to be Sam? Is it going to be Isaiah? Will it be a combination of the two? So I, I think that'll be one of the most interesting camp battles to watch. So within the linebackers, you know, having the strengths, because I know you watch a lot of film. You, I you, do. you love going up on that. You've seen Sean Bradley <laughs> and, and the likes of them in the Temple linebacking core. Right. With all the talents that they possess, each one of the four players mm-hmm. that we mentioned, how do you how do you like the way they mold together, they mesh together with all the talents they possess? I think it's really awesome that they have two guys who can really stop the run right and come downhill. I would describe those guys as probably Chappelle and Sean or more downhill flowing running backs, right? They want you want them filling up in the B gaps, blitzing that A gap right where the center is. You know, and then you have guys like Sam Franklin who, you know, you mentioned before we hit record today that he was working with the safeties last year, right? So he's mm-hmm. a coverage option now. You can mm-hmm. play him in the slot, you know, you can put him on tight ends. So that makes you more multiple, that makes you more versatile. Isaiah Graham Mobley was somebody I saw on tape who 
I thought moved very well. I thought he could be a coverage option as well. So I think that Temple's versatility and depth um, at that position is going to be a huge, huge part of the defense this year. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really huge because me personally, the, last year they lost Michael Dog beyond the defensive line. Yes, you do have a Quincy Roche, mm-hmm. a Dana Levine, and a Dan Archibong who is expected to take a big step up this year. That linebacking core might be under pressure, especially early in the season while that Definitely. defensive line needs to mold together. So they're going to need to step up early and often. And early and often, I guess you can call it urgency. And speaking of urgency, the linebackers themselves, Sean Bradley and Chappelle Russell, were talking about that type of urgency of how they need to win now. And with a first-year coach, some questions on defense, that linebacking core is going to be even more important than ever if they want to win now, like they're saying. Right. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Is you know, I asked Chappelle. I said to him, I, you know, do you feel the same urgency that Sean mentioned earlier? Because Sean came right in, and one of the first things he talked about was, "Hey, this is my last year. Like, we need to get things done this year." And Chappelle said, "Yeah, the clock is ticking. The clock's ticking on this football team. The clock's ticking on this season. Like, even though it just started, like, we need to start." getting ready and hopefully compete for a championship this year in, in the American Conference. So, very interesting. Yeah, and the American Conference is this arguably the best it's been since it, it, it first yeah. started back in say 2014, right. arguably 2014, 2013 now. It's, it's arguably the best it's been because you look over in the East Division, you have a UCF, USF, who are both favored uh, above Temple to at least win the East Division, that right. side of it. Then you look over in the West, you have the – uh, Memphis's to Houston, and even Tulane is expected to have a really, yeah. really big step up and year. Don't forget about Cincinnati either. Exactly, Cincinnati, Cincinnati was a great young year. team last year, mm-hmm. and they were really big good. step up. Yeah, so. we're, we're ranked. Came in Temple beat them for homecoming yeah. though, fortunately. But just look at this is going to be a really, really good conference. It this, is really. this is this isn't your average or when say this isn't the American Athletic Conference of you know three years past. Right. So they're going to need they're going to need. Anything they can get, and I yeah. think one of the biggest things that's going to help them this year. We we're talking about this before we clicked record, is how every single player looks bigger, and they're talking yes. about their off-season workouts, and they're talking about trimming body fat, adding muscle, adding weight. Chappelle Russell's up to two thirty right he now. He was, he's listed as two fifteen, yeah. but he's up to two thirty right now, and he he's looks pretty man. big. Yeah, he is a grown man. man. <laughs> he's a, he is officially a grown man if he wasn't before, and I think that's going to be a really big thing to help them out. What do you think? Oh, it's going to be great. You know, I, I think anytime you can get in a better shape, obviously, as a football player, it's extremely important. I thought one of the more impressive things is, you know, you you typically would think you'd hear that stuff, right, from the linebackers and from mm-hmm. the linemen. Matt Hennessy talked about it as well. But, like, even Anthony Russo was like, yeah, I'm in way better shape this year. You know, and, and Isaiah Wright, a wide receiver, I talked to him in April for doing a piece on him for the Temple News, and he looked bigger to me today than he did in April. Like, I could visually see that difference. So, it's not just the linemen. It's not just the linebackers. It's everybody on the team looks like they're in better shape right now. Yeah, Isaiah Isaiah Roy looks like he can – we know he can juke. We know he can spin. Yeah. But it looks like he can lay the tr- uh, truck stick now. Yeah, I think he, so. He, he can, he can we might see him run some now. people over on yeah, the Yeah, and, and they could possibly and they could possibly use him at running back too because of his versatility. Yes. All right, so I, I just want to ask you this. This is, this is pure opinion right here. We're just sure. going pure opinion. W- what do you think – is a realistic expectation of what we can expect from the Temple offense this year, like of what we can get. Oh, that's interesting. I I thought that, um, you know, when uh, somebody asked Anthony today what he thought his favorite part of the new offense was, he mentioned RPOs, and I thought that was super interesting. And if uh, you watch any NIU film, which I did over the summer, um, you'll see that they run that a lot. So I think for Temple – offense what we can expect this year is more up tempo right they're going to get to the line they're going to get going Javon Fair talked about being better conditioned this year and how you know he thinks that's a big step up from what they were able to do last year 
So I think we can expect a more high-scoring offense last year. I felt like with – or sorry, this year, I felt like with Temple's offense last year, they were a bit streaky on offense, mm-hmm. right, where they'd go three straight possessions right down the field for a touchdown, and then they'd stall out. They'd have a couple three-and-outs, maybe an interception or a fumble or something. I think we'll see more consistent high-scoring games from this Owls team. You mentioned the RPOs, and when when Anthony Russo said there are going to be more RPOs and – the ball's kind of be more in his court. Right. My eyes kind of lit up because I was like, "That's that's really intriguing yeah. to me." Because we we know Anthony Russo, he can throw, right. he, he can orchestrate an offense. He's definitely shown that yeah. capability throughout last year. But we tend to forget that he can really run the ball. He is a good yeah. athlete. He obviously had that one really good rushing touchdown against UCF uh, right. on a fake field goal. But he can run the ball in from the shotgun, just yeah, scrambling he, around. And with an RPO, that just adds another. Another, another layer to this offense. Yeah. He doesn't give enough credit for what he can do as an athlete, I think. And you can see that not only outside the pocket when he was asked to run last year, again, which wasn't a lot, but also inside the pocket, right, where he can make guys miss and throw the ball, avoiding sacks. So I think the RPOs really gives Anthony not only a chance to open up the offense, but also develop mentally as a quarterback. It should ask him to make more reads. Mm-hmm. So the ball's going to be in his court a little bit more. He's mm-hmm. going to have to make more decision-making in his own. And a big thing when quarterback and decision-making, you're going to need time, and the offensive line provides that time. And just looking at it just flat, just solely on paper, this offensive line is fine. It it, it should be. The starting group is strong. It looks like you have a solidified starting five that you're going into camp with and bearing anything major, someone stepping up or an unfortunate injury or whatnot, then that could change. But you would think you would have a lot of confidence, but talking to Kerry about it when someone asked about the offensive line, he didn't seem to express too much confidence. Right. He obviously expressed a little bit that he's confident in his guys, that yeah. they have a lot of potential, but he didn't seem too confident, and I think it was especially directed towards the freshman duo a tackle last year, Adam Klein and Isaac Moore, who are now sophomores, that right. he maybe wasn't all too confident that they aren't the most experienced as far as class-wise goes. Yeah, I, th- I thought that that was interesting, right, because Klein and Moore came in last year, and they were really good. Yeah, I mean, I, Adam <laughs> Klein specifically, he came and kind of set the world on fire. Right. I mean, he got off to a great start. He was fantastic for the entire season, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was interesting. And I thought another thing that Kerry mentioned is he wasn't, he didn't seem too enthusiastic, I think mm-hmm. is an appropriate word to use, about the depth of this group, right? And about, because last year we had Klein step up, right? And Moore stepped up. But do we have those guys this year, right? Godforsaken, you know, injury could happen. It's mm-hmm. football, people could hurt. And, you know, uh, Coach Carey did not seem very enthusiastic about the depth on this team, so mm-hmm. it'll be definitely something to watch um, when practices start to kick up is who's going to step up and be in that role as the backup. Yeah, I think the major reasons for maybe his warranted concern, because I, I think it definitely is fair, last year coming into camp, your tackles were James McHale and Jalen Robinson, then Isaac Moore and Adam Klein eventually stepped up through you know playing well and, right. and of course, injuries opening the way for them. But if you look at it this year with Adam Klein and Isaac Moore to tackle positions, if say something happens to them, there's really no one behind yeah. them where you're like, okay, this is definitely something where I feel right. like we could get something out of them. And I feel like that is a big thing because Carey might be worried that if both of them are freshmen going into their sophomore year, the chances of both of them really not only playing the same way they did last year but improving their play immensely – could be challenging, and one of them could hit a sophomore wall. So really I think could. that's where a lot of especially his concerns when you're, coming from. Yeah, especially when you're integrating a new offense, right? So, like, Kerry has never coached these guys before. They've never used his offense before. So not only do you have to deal with the potential of a sophomore wall, and, again, these two freshmen last year were extremely talented, and they had great years. And 
Um, I'm sure that they will do their best to do well this year, but it's going to be a challenge for them, right? It's going to be their first full year starting. Teams are going to have a lot more film on them than they did mm-hmm. last year. They're not going to be unknowns. They're, you know, Teams are going to come in. They're going to tell their pass rushers, hey, this is what you do to attack this guy, and let's see how you know these now sophomores will adapt to that and learning a new offense. It's going to be a struggle for them maybe at first, but I'm, I'm sure they'll catch on. Yeah, so with learning a new offense and RPOs, just kind of take me inside of like breaking down film for a second, going through an RPO, how much, how big of a role does the offense, of course the offensive line plays a big role Mm -hmm. in every single play, but how big of it in an RPO to maybe give time, clear up enough space where Russo can see over the lineman, how big of a role do they play in the RPO and how big will they be dependent on? Well, the thing with the RPO is, and and this is something that I just want to get off my chest because I see it a lot (laughs) on football Twitter, is that not every fake handoff that turns into a pass is an RPO. You identify an RPO by if the offensive line is run blocking. Mm-hmm. So for these guys, uh, ideally, um, they should just try and open up a hole every time, right? Because it's going to be Russo who's going to be sitting back there, and he's going to be reading whether or not to throw the ball. He's going to see how many men are in the box against him on defense. If a safety comes down, he's going to look to throw it in behind that safety, right? So... The offensive lineman's job ideally shouldn't change on an RPO. It should just be, hey, like let's get the hole open. Let's make sure that if Anthony does hand that ball off, that the running back is somewhere to go. Because the RPO game starts to fall apart when you don't have the threat of the run. If you run the RPO and they know you're going to throw it, they can cover. You know, Typically, that's a one or two receiver route, so there's not a lot of ground to cover. It's typically a quick slant or a quick out. So, you know, for... For uh, the offensive line, they need to make sure that they keep the threat of the run relevant to the defense. I think that's going to be the most important part for them in the RPO. Yeah, so really it just comes in terms of just run blocking. Having a successful run game is yeah. probably going to where a lot of that is going to be stemmed from. So they're going to have a lot of a lot of things hanging on them as far as that getting the run game going. And I think one really good thing that we all should really declare our confidence in in this offensive line is the interior is really set up. You have the Joe Von Fares of the world and the Matt Hennessy's. And you feel confident at your center in two guard positions. Yeah. And and I, I know I'm definitely confident. How, how do you look at that, really looking I, at the interior? Because I feel like that's the most important part of the line. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it is really strong. And I think Matt Hennessy specifically is somebody that stands out. Um, you know, I, I like to scout players a lot. And I was watching his film this year. And, you know, he actually cracked my top five for interior players as we're coming into the, you know, the start of the college football season for draft prospects specifically, not the entire country, but like he's really sound, like technically sound. He gets good movement in the run game and he's smart, right? Like he knows how to pick people up. He understands stunts. He's powerful. You know, it's rare that he gets beat. And I see that across the interior of the offensive line. The same thing with fair. And uh, the other guard is Ovens uh, Bacozzi. Yeah. Bacozzi, right? The, those three guys are just so sound. They're reliable. And that's something that I think temple can hang their hat on. You know, because we talked about um, the two tackles of how, you know, they'll be dealing with a sophomore wall. But the interior of this offensive line is extremely value is extremely reliable. And that'll be something that Temple can hang their hat on in the running game and in the passing game. Definitely. And one big thing that I think is really maybe going to switch up the offensive line a little bit is they, they're not going to have as much tight end help. Right. And I, that's one big thing heading into this year that I think really needs to be focused on is what what are we go, what are we going to get from these Temple tight ends? Because in year past, uh, especially in under coach uh, offense coordinator Dave Patnode under head coach Jeff Collins, the tight ends were really they were a long line of scrimmage. They were down in the three point stance. Right. They were run blocking a lot. You know, a couple times they'll split out, go out for yeah. routes, but they really weren't featured 
as far as a way to gain yards. They're more there to to run block. You know, when you have Coach Foley here and you know Chris Myrick is talking about run blocking, how they really pride themselves in that. Right. Now it seems like they're going to be utilized more in the offensive passing attacks. So. There's, there might be a lot of times where it's just going to be those five offensive linemen pass blocking and you don't have a chip from a tight end and some help because they're going to be, be split out more. Yeah. So I think that's going to leave the young tackles exposed a little bit more, and I think that could be an area of unwa- uh, like a, a little bit of concern for Coach it'll, Carey. It'll definitely be a learning curve, right, because – you know, last year, Temple was very much a ground-and-pound team, right? Rockwell Armstead was mm-hmm. pounding the ball like 15, 20 times a game, and, they, you know, they were lined up and Yeah, now they have a modern offense. Yeah, right? Crazy. Um, and, they're you know, they were lined up in 21 personnel with exactly. two tight ends yeah. on each side, you know. So it'll be interesting, but I think that, you know, you just said, like, oh, we're going to have a modern offense. Who would have thought? Like, I was about to say, you know, obviously the tackles might be a little bit more exposed, but I think this is a good development for this team. Mm-hmm. Kenny Yaboa is a big man. Yeah, he's, he's he should be a threat down the field. He's an underrated athlete. He really is. And I, I asked him today, I said, you know, what do you think about getting a red zone package? You know, because, like, he's big. Yeah, and exactly. tight ends in the red zone are huge weapons. Mm-hmm. and. He was so underutilized in that role last year, and honestly, just in general. So, um, you know, I'm hoping we see more out of the tight ends this year. I, I really am excited to maybe see them. You know, uh, Kenny Yaboa also mentioned that he, you know, he might get some work split out wide, and I, I think that that's really exciting because if you get him on a linebacker, if you get him on a a safety, a strong safety who's not used to covering people, because you've got four other receivers out wide with you. That's a mismatch that I think Temple really didn't take advantage of last year, and I hope they do a better job with it this year. Yeah, and I think it will be definitely particularly open in the beginning of the season because there's really not too much film on Yaboa as, as a receiver or any right. of the tight ends as splitting out wide and showing their athleticism. Outside of one 34-yard wheel route for a touchdown against Maryland, Kenny That's Yaboa right. doesn't have much of a, you know, a receiving game to put on tape. So I think in the beginning of the year they could really uh, capitalize on that. You know, I'm – Looking at the schedule right there, second game is against Maryland. Russo and Yaboa connected for a touchdown there, so yep. maybe he could start getting rolling early in the season. So I'm, I'm really really interested to see if Kenny Yaboa actually takes that step up because I yeah I, I heard b- before last year that they really wanted to take the step up, but now they're actually going to utilize him in the offense because right. how much of a step up can you see or take when you're primarily run blocking? Right. Because that's not the sexy thing in football anymore, so we no. really don't pay attention to that. At all. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting, too, is because every time that – I feel like every program has these guys where it's like, oh, we're waiting for them to step up, we're waiting for them to step up. And I think what I'll be interested to watch in uh, summer practice is, is it was the scheme holding Kenny back or was Kenny holding Kenny back, mm-hmm. right? And, and that'll be interesting to see. I don't think it was Kenny, right, because you see the flashes, right? When you watch him, you see him run by people. That wheel route that he caught against Maryland was a very impressive A route and B catch. So – and he played – as a high school receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think Kenny clearly has the skill set. So I'm hoping they open up the scheme to him to be more effective as a receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember just watching him in summer practice last year. He did a really good job of catching the ball, and I was like, wow, they could actually use a tight end in the passing game this year. <laughs> then they just really haven't done it. Um, okay, so we're kind of wrapping up now. I, I wanted to keep this a little bit a little bit shorter today because there wasn't too much practice we could watch, so we really no. couldn't analyze too much play. <laughs> we're just analyzing words here, and there's yeah. only so many words you can analyze. But since we're wrapping up, we're at the right, right around the twenty-minute mark. Every single guest until the single digits are finalized are going to yeah. play guess the single digits. Oof. We have two announced right now: number five, Sean Bradley, linebacker; number three, Chappelle Russell, linebacker. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up the show, I'm just going to kind of slowly slide the ball into your court. 
and just rattle off a few names that you think could be single digits. Do I have to guess the number or just the name? Um, I mean, if you want to guess the number, you want to get a little cool like mm, that. I don't really, know if I'll be able to guess the number. Really I, put your money where your mouth is. You can guess uh, the number. I don't but. know about that. I think some obvious ones. I think Isaiah Wright should be definitely at least in contention. You mm-hmm. know, uh, senior I receiver. I think he could be the number one that yeah. Ventel Bryant had. I mean, right, replacing Ventel Bryant, right? He should be like kind of that, that alpha receiver, mm-hmm. if you will. And he'll be all over the place on punt returns and in the running game. Uh, I think a sneaky one is uh, Linwood Crump, actually. There we go. At corner. I think that's a really sneaky, sneaky one. Yep. He had a really underrated good year last year. I think a lot of people, obviously Rocky Sin took a lot of the spotlight from him, but uh, I thought he, he had a really good year last year, and... You know, he's a smaller guy, but he plays feisty. Yeah. He plays you, tough. You see all those pro football uh, focus rankings, too, yeah. or, or, or college football, whatever. It's still yeah. PFF, though, right? right. Yeah. Hey, but you still, like, Linwell Crump's at a lot of yeah, he's oh, high the up top there of the like, list of yeah. all the returning quarterbacks yeah. in the conference. So I think he's definitely a sneaky pick to be a, a, a single-digit guy. And I think, obviously, I think we have to mention Anthony Russo, although, you know, we were talking earlier, and we said it would be weird to see him without he's the number, number 15. He's number 15. I yeah. feel like, in my heart, he's always going to be number 15. I agree, but, I, you know, <laughs> they did it. To, to Frankie Newtile last yeah, so year, right? I he think got number the n- yeah, the number eight's kind of like the yeah, glaring the, one for quarterbacks. For quarterbacks that you get. So I think we, I think that's an obvious one. I think another one to keep an eye on are, are two guys on the defensive line are Quincy Roche and Dan Archibong. I think mm-hmm. are are two names to keep an eye on. I think Quincy is going to have to step into Michael Dogby's role last year, who was a single digit guy and a future NFL draft pick. So I, I think Roche will have to step up, and then Archibong's been here a while, right? So mm-hmm. like he's in the position to to earn that respect um, and get a single-digit number. So those are the guys that I would highlight off the top of my head. All right, so you gave Limo Crump as kind of your, your low-key person on defense who might get yeah. one. Do you have one on offense? Ooh, and underrated on offense. Um, I think Hennessy. I, I probably should have mentioned him as yeah. like an obvious one. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure they um, gave like an honorary O-line number, okay. unless Kerry does it differently. Because I, yeah. I remember last year, Hennessy technically got the number three, but Chappelle Russell wore because right. he's eligible to wear number three. He can't wear number three right on, on the offensive, offensive line. line. So, yeah, so Hennessy obviously is, you know, one of the best players on the team. Got to uh, be, yeah. I think... Oh, an underrated offensive guy. Um, maybe even Javon Fair a little bit okay. of guard. I mean, he's really solid in there. Yeah. And, you know, the Temple tough mentality is they want big maulers, you know, in yeah. the trenches. And, you know? and he fits the mold pretty well. Yeah, the hog mollies, right? Yeah. Is that what, that's what <laughs> Dave Gettleman calls them. And, you know, I think Javon Fair could definitely be uh, a sneaky candidate to get that single-digit number because, you know, I was thinking about maybe the running backs, but, like, there's so much unknown at that position right now. And, uh, Javon Fair is just so solid on the mm-hmm. interior for this team, so I think he's he's got a shot as well. All right, I want to run a couple of my uh, underrated uh, yeah, candidates for single digits. So one of them, uh, I had Benny Walls coming okay. in at safety because I, I feel like there's kind of a little bit of passing of a torch. I remember seeing like once the season was you know right around ended uh, after the bowl game, uh, Delvon Randall tweeted out he was like at um, at Benny Walls's uh, Twitter handle, he was right. like, "You got this, you're up next." Stuff okay. like that. So kind of a little like passing of a torch, like. Because they, because they need that safety. Obviously, Delvon Randall, who you know was a borderline NFL talent, right? You know, graduating, you need that safety. You're gonna that, need someone to step up, and you, especially losing Rocky Sin to the NFL second yeah. round Colts, that's a talent right there. You're gonna need someone to step up in that secondary, and I feel like the first person that really, really steps up that's gets a good that one. single digit. And I think it's it's kind of Benny Walls's. I don't, I want to say it's, it's Benny Walls to lose. But I feel like he he has a good foot in the door to get yeah. one if, if he I think takes the right steps this no, summer. I agree. I, I think he's definitely in line for one. I just you know, um, there's so many guys on this team that I think have a good mm-hmm. opportunity for it. But Ben, you're right. Benny has a good opportunity to pick up everything that Delvin left behind, and 
you know, even though Delvin isn't on an NFL team right now, I believe, I mean, his impact on Temple football as a college player was immense. I mean, he was arguably the most, you know, sound player, one of the most physical players on this team. And Benny's got an opportunity to, hey, like like you said, like let's take that torch. I want to be that guy for this team this year, and I think that would certainly earn him a single digit. Yeah, and and looking at the offense, my my quarter, uh, underrated candidate, I don't think this is really realistic because it'll be hard to skip over Isaiah Wright, but right. Brandon Mack. I love me some Brandon Mack. <laughs> if I just get like 30 seconds just to express my love for him, but I just think Brandon Mack really embodies a lot of things about Temple. You know, he's doesn't doesn't speak a lot. And he was really quiet to himself. It, like you, you'll definitely get a chance to talk to him as the summer goes on. But you know, he's not a man of many words. You know, he'll say a few things. Won't won't give you too much. But he just works, man. He just works. He just goes after it, and he he's just a grinder. Now, the, John Gruden will probably love him. You know, no, nice little Gruden definitely. grinder. But him and Russo <laughs> have a really good connection. Brandon Mack, he's a big target in the red zone. Collins was really, really utilizing Mack's skill in the red zone, his length during the summer practices. So I'm, I'm excited to see what steps he can take this year in the summer because Brandon Mack took a huge step last year, kind of coming from an underrated candidate, not really known to being a very, very dependable receiver that this team vitally needed. So I think this year he's even more important. But with Isaiah right there, it might be hard for him to get a yeah. single digit. But honestly, if he works hard enough, why can't there be two two single-digit receivers? I, I think it could definitely work. And here's the interesting thing about Mac, and I'm glad you brought him up, is that you know I think it's it's a little it's too easy to look at Isaiah Wright and be like, oh, okay, he's going to take Ventel mm-hmm. Bryan's spot. But when you look at when Temple lines up, who's going to line up on the outside? Mm-hmm. Mac is, yeah. not Isaiah yeah, Wright. Exactly. Isaiah Wright's going to be in the slot most of the time, mm-hmm. right, when he lines up as a receiver. So Mac will have that opportunity to be that quote, quote, X receiver, right, mm-hmm. where he's going to be making the long plays, right? He's going to be running the goes down the field, the 20-yard digs, all that stuff. So he's definitely going to have an opportunity to get his name out there for that single digit. So I, th- I think that's a good one. Yeah, I don't I don't know how like true this is, but I do want to run this by and see what you think of this. Obviously, Isaiah Wright's really talented. He has versatility. He can play other positions. But I think because of that versatility, and you look at Brandon Mack, his size, sort of his build, and the way he plays uh, receiver on the outside, you can make the argument that Brandon Mack is, is more of a – a receiver's receiver, you know what I'm saying? A true wide receiver yeah. than Isaiah Wright. That's then like someone who like he's a wide receiver and nothing else. Like Isaiah Wright, you can make you can throw him on the outside because he has speed. You can throw him on the inside because he has shiftiness and elusiveness. Right. It's gonna be hard to cover him, especially with a safety or linebacker. You can throw him in the backfield. But as far as hey, receiver, run twenty yards downfield, I'm throwing you the ball. That's Brandon Mack. Oh yeah. I mean Brandon Mack's a monster at the catch point, right? Like he's a big man. Mm-hmm. And- and, you know, like you said, I thought that was awesome that you brought up that how good he was in the red zone last year. Like, he should be winning jump balls for you all oh, the time. Yeah. Him and Isaiah Wright are completely different players. They almost have nothing but in common. But it works so perfectly it is, to right? have those two type of players. That gives your offense balance, right? Mm-hmm. In the scouting community, we always talk about you want to build your wide receiver rooms like basketball teams, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. You, you want to have, you know, Braden Mack would be like your center, right? Blocking exactly. shots, taking dunks. Isaiah Wright's your point guard on the outside, you know, doing all the other stuff. So, um, Max definitely due for a big season to step into much more of that Ventel Bryant role than I think Isaiah Wright will. Okay, all right. So look, we're we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up here. But right. one last question regarding the single digits. You mentioned the running backs. Maybe no one steps up out of them. Besides Jagger Gardner, do you think there is a running back who could possibly get a single digit? I have to exclude Jagger Gardner because he would be an easy one to say. Yeah. That would be easy. So besides him, do you think there is a running oh. back? They're they're really younger, so it, they might not be too much candidates, but feel like we might need some dialogue on this besides mm. Jagger Gardner. Is there a possibility a running back could really step up and maybe take a single digit? Honestly, I'm going to say no right now. There's right. too much so, unknown. So if not I even had t- to pick one, mm-hmm. if I had to pick one, I mean, 
was the the kid who came in from the 2018 class? Kyle Dobbins. Kyle Dobbins, right? And I forgot his name, which I usually don't do, but he was They're a name in. that I heard a lot mm-hmm. during spring practice where, like, the offensive linemen were like, hey, this kid's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe he can take a step up. Uh, he didn't play at all last yeah. year. I believe he redshirted. So he, I think he's a guy that at least his teammates have been talking about him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got a shot to maybe step up. So I, I'm going to go Kyle Dobbins, I think. Yeah, I, I had to ask that. I mean, not even take the single digits just to see running back candidates who can step up because there's a lot of yeah. questions surrounding that position. So I feel like every single podcast I have throughout the summer, whether <laughs> we talk to running backs or not, I'm I'm obligated to at least bring it up to have some type yeah. of dialogue about the running back position. But thankfully, next Tuesday, next open uh, practice to media, We'll get Coach Uramovich, offensive coordinator, so and a few practices under the belt, so yeah. we could ask about their running backs Hopefully and get some more, more insight on that. <laughs> Definitely for sure. But Dante, thank you so much for joining me. This was really fun. We're almost right at the thirty-minute mark. This was awesome. Great dialogue. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, me. man, I'd love to come back anytime you need me. This was awesome. Heck yeah, you'll definitely be back uh, on a few more times. Great. Probably need some summer help, so you, you definitely <laughs> uh, join me and a couple other guys. I'm ready. All right. Everybody, thank you for listening to the second episode of the Owls Lounge presented by WHIP Radio, Philly's number one college radio station. We'll be back next week with a newly recorded episode, new quotes from players and coaches, more practices to watch, and more insight on Temple football.